1: On DAB Plus online by the Talksport app and on your smart speaker. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2.
2: If you love your boxing and MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra of myself, Adi Lodipo and the great Gareth A. Davis today. We're going to be discussing one of the most interesting fighters in the heavyweight division, former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. He was cage-side this weekend in Saudi Arabia to watch his current MMA promotion, the PFL. But will we ever see him in the octagon again? Or, and I think this is true, is he set for a run in boxing's Blue Ribbon division? Ngannou's next fight is, of course, against Anthony Joshua. We are going to hear from his new trainer, Ben Davison. He's been speaking exclusively with Gareth A. Davis ahead of the showdown on march 8th we'll also talk the future of a certain canelo alvarez his widely reported fight with jamal charlo is now off and the talk is he could now face fellow mexican jaime munguia on cinque de mayo weekend uh, plus we're going to discuss another fight for jake paul this weekend as well as amanda serrano and the pair both fighting in puerto rico this weekend uh, l- lots to go through as always in the next hour or so this is fight night extra on Talksport 2. I don't know how the cards are going to fall. My prediction is that I will beat Stipe Miocic. My prediction is that I will beat Tom Asperall and Francis Logano. So the way that it unfolds is really not my business my
0: job is just to do what i've always done since
1: day one people like have said about um, interim fights which me and kate have an interim fight next personally i think that's a bad move for both me and katie we've got a chance to, to have a look um uh, not to say that we know that he's going to go about the fight the exact same way but I, I do think if he's more aggressive anthony josh is a fantastic counter i think if he's more aggressive there's a chance he gets clipped
2: Gareth A. Davis, how are you, sir?
3: I'm very well indeed, thank you.
2: Gareth, I-, I have to start with this. Before I ask you what you've done all week, I have to start with this. I, I got a very angry DM. Someone was listening to the show. And they're like, Ade, you and Gareth are an absolute disgrace. You, you didn't speak about Ilya Tupuria a, a lot. Um, so I think we need to give him these... You're right, it was my fault. I led, and then I started talking about the future of UFC, blah, blah, blah. So I think we do need to spend about a minute now just giving Tupuria, his plaudits, uh, obviously beat Volkanovski. He's you now UFC featherweight champion, originally from Georgia, grew up in Spain. They absolutely love him in Spain. Let's give him his plaudits now, Gareth.
3: Yeah, I mean, I picked him to win anyway. I thought he would do... I thought he had the tonight to beat Volkanovski. Yeah. Um, you know, it, he, he, he's a good champion. I think they'll probably give the opportunity for Volkanovski to have another go in. Volkanovsky dominated the featherweight division from 2019 until now, yeah. till last weekend, or the weekend yeah. for last. And uh, obviously two losses at lightweight in that time have put a bit of age on him, on the great Australian fighter. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, a rematch. will be there. Topuria can prove it the second time. He's a great, skillful young fighter. Um, he was aping... A lot of the mannerisms and the challenges that Conor McGregor put out there in the past. yeah. And good luck to him. I think he's a great champion. Long may he reign.
2: It's good as well to see a new market. Obviously, I mentioned that he's from Georgia, but grew up in Spain. So many of the Spanish footballers are getting behind him. He was paraded in the game recently between Sevilla and Real Madrid. And a lot of those Real Madrid superstars with massive followings were given him plaudits as well. And it's a market, that Spanish market that... Um, UFC hasn't ever touched really before. So this is good for them.
3: Yeah, Spain is not a big fight country. Mm. It's had, um, you know, some great stars. Um, Sergio Martinez lived there, of course. and K-
2: Kiko Martinez as Ki- well. Kiko <laughs>
3: Martinez. A lot of Martinez is. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of South Americans and Latin Americans and Central Americans have gone to Spain and adopted Spain. Um, it's, it's a football culture. It's a it's a big soccer culture, of course. So um, it's great to see that happening. And also, there aren't it's not replete with MMA gyms. Yeah. But what Ilya Topuri has done to give him his biggest credit, he'll have created a market there for the UFC, and that's brilliant. If we can get an event in Madrid at some point, that would be amazing.
2: There you go, uh, to the man that sent me the angry DM. We are listening and reading the DMs, and there you go. There's your two minutes to give plaudits to Puriya. All right, uh, Gareth, as I did last week, and I think it's quite a good thing this, because you are such a busy man. So tell me, um, since we last spoke uh, last uh, last Tuesday, what have you been up to all week?
3: Uh, had I already been to Frank Warren's office at that point? I
2: don't think that was part of it, no.
3: No, I, I went had an amazing sit-down, talk to Frank Warren about his... Drawing skills, his pet dog, his different things of Frank, a kind of lifestyle interview, Frank. That was amazing. Um, he's got some incredible art as well in his office. Great to see him. Um, I Since then, I've um, caught up with George Hilliard, George Hithard, mm-hmm. an amazing story which will be going out hopefully on Talksport later in the week, but also I've done a YouTube uh, interview with him. And obviously, he was signed Late in Orient, then Then Barry Hearn signed him as a boxer. He was managed by the Mayweathers. Incredible story up and down, George. Incredible stuff. Then I chatted to Ben Davison and Thomas Carty at the Ben Davison Performance Centre and spoke to Thomas Carty, by the way, about being with Tyson Fury, um, sparring him the moments before he boxed the Croatian, who cut his eye? Now Thomas Carty's back sparring with Anthony Joshua at the Ben Davison Performance Centre. An amazing catch up with Ben, Lee Wiley, uh, and Barry, one of the other coaches there, and Lee Woods.
2: across um, you very quickly. Is Thomas Carty, uh, no Carty, no party, is Thomas Carty still uh, with Dillian White? Is he still managed?
3: Yeah, Dillian he is. White? He okay. told me about it. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. And he's hoping to get out on the, on the undercard of uh, uh, Taylor Cameron 3 which we believe is May the 25th, I yeah, think, yeah. in Ireland. It's not announced properly yet. Um, caught up with Lee Wood there. Um, then I caught up with Joe Joyce. Um, you did, you did his, all
2: this in a week?
3: In a week, yeah. I caught up with Joe Joyce, talking about sparring France and Garnu, and how he thinks Gilly Zhang and Joseph Parker will go. And obviously, he's fought both of those guys. Two losses to Gilly Zhang and also... Um, to a, a, a defeat of joseph parker and then this morning i before we recorded our show i was live online very early this morning with dewey cooper um, to catch up on how francis nganu is getting on in camp um, and that was fascinating as well and i think this is going to be a really close fight right. i really the closer we get the closer I think this fight is going to be, because I've re-watched Fury and Naganu now, and ooh, we are in for a treat, I think, next Friday. We certainly I think are. We're in for a treat. Uh, look at that.
2: Perfect uh, segue there, as we are up to date now. And Gareth, for those that are watching, as opposed to listening, Gareth's win a uh, battle of the baddest, top, which is obviously... Uh, October 20th. There you go. October 20th. It was Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Uh, March 8th, not too long to go. Myself and Gareth will be heading out to Saudi in a few days. It is obviously Francis Ngannou versus Anthony Joshua. Before we get to that, Gareth, let's quickly talk about Francis Ngannou being in Saudi Arabia. Ringside, it was so good to see him, John Jones and Mike Tyson. And I actually put a tweet out saying, in their peaks, if three men enter a room, who comes out? And the responses were fascinating. So many said John Jones. They said John Jones and his peak would double take or double leg takedown, both of them, elbows, everything. Who, Who comes out, Gareth?
3: Mike Tyson. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, i don't even yeah. have to think about it i don't even have to think about it because he'd be on them straight away and it'd be bing bang boom bing bang bush clouds and then out like a cartoon character through the window or through the door <laughs> yeah, three no, men enter yeah. one man leaves mike tyson mike for tyson
2: me. i go mike he goes john uh so i go john he goes mike uh inganu uh side um there's been a lot of discussion about inganu whether or not he will return Uh, to the PFL, obviously signed uh, to the PFL. Uh, No fight yet. Um, He was there to watch the fight between Bader and Ferreira. Ferreira absolutely destroying uh, Ryan Bader. What's your gut feeling? Does he stay in this boxing landscape and take on so many contenders now, Zhang, Parker, Deontay, Wilder, and make bucket loads of money? Or does he have that fight that all MMA fans are desperate to see him
3: in the PFL? Um, I spoke to Dewey Cooper about that. And yeah, they said, he's look... The man. He's
2: the man to talk to, yeah.
3: He is, he is. But he said, we're tunnel-visioned at the moment on... Mm-hmm. All options are there. We're tunnel-visioned on Anthony Joshua at the moment. Nothing more than Anthony Joshua matters. Um, and I do believe them. I don't think they're mapping anything out. They're going to wait for the performance and the outcome, Addy, to make their decisions on it. Now, I th- my view... If he beats Anthony Joshua, he'll be fighting Tyson Fury next. Mm. Um, because he'll be... Or, or, or Alexander Usyk. I think Fury beats Usyk. So I think it'll be um, Fury Naganu 2 for the Undisputed title if he beats Anthony Joshua. It's a
2: big if. It's a big if.
3: It is a big if, but there's lots of little ifs floating around it as well. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um just go back and see what he did against Tyson Fury. Go and look you at know his I'm, You
2: know sports. I'm Team AJ, so it's tough for me. You can't you know be Team, team AJ.
3: AJ. It doesn't matter. The people AJ. win and lose in our sport. Listen, I don't... I, I, I have the same admiration for Tyson Fury if he loses to Alexander Usyk. I have the same admiration for Francis Ngarn if he gets knocked out in 30 seconds by Anthony Joshua. I have the same admiration for for Francis Ngannou if he beats Anthony Joshua on points over 10 rounds. They're all amazing characters. They're at the top of their sports. Unfortunately everybody wants us to critique and give tight opinions on them at the moment. Anything can happen with these big guys in the ring. and We see it over and over again. Um, I haven't answered your question, which is, I think if he loses to I think if Naganu loses to Anthony Joshua, I think we might well see him fight for the Bellator stroke um, PFL title this year. But if he wins, we might see him wait. But he may not as well. What Dewey was pointing out was, and Dewey's been with him for, I think, about six, seven years now, Mm. is seven, I think, eight, coming up eight, um, is MMA is a very different discipline to go back to. So to mix and match is a difficult thing to do. Yeah. So I think if he's successful in boxing, he'll stay in it. Because I think the PFL will be um, very patient with him anyway. But can I, can I, can what I, a player, can I, really. No, no, indeed. A player in both, right? I mean, he's incredible.
2: An incredible human being. And hopefully, what, what I'm desperate to see, and I do a lot of the sit-down interviews, but I, I will certainly defer to you, if, if DeZone were ever to ask me, I'm desperate to see you do a, a long Sit down with him. I mean, I mean, I'm talking hour and a half, like really, just get into off the, the cuff, story. a
3: deep off, off the cuff, off. narrow real and deep, deep one. Yeah. yeah, not
2: yeah. one where yeah. you know there's someone touching your shoulder saying, "Oh, you need to wrap." A, a proper yeah. long set an interview. Yeah. You know, uh, can I quickly, obviously, look? His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh has done some incredible things. Right, I think one of the most incredible things that I really hope he could do, and I know it's going to be difficult, but we've seen Eddie and Frank get together is mend the relationship between Dana and Francis. And the reason I say it is because I still want to see Francis versus John Jones. If he is going to come back, and this is no disrespect to Ferreira, but we, we don't really want, we, we want to see in John Jones. And again, his excellency has done some incredible things in the last six, seven months. This would be incredible to mend that relationship between Dana and Francis and allow uh, UFC versus PFL event with those two headlining would be sensational.
3: His Excellency the Minister, Turkey Al-Al-Sheikh is the most powerful man in combat sports. It's not mm. Dana White it's not Eddie Hearn, it's not Frank Warren it's not Bob Aram, it's no winner he is Turkey as some people call him is the most powerful man in combat sports. There's no question about it. He's got the clout, the knowledge, the team, the wherewithal, the desire and the determination to get it all done. We saw that when he dealt in 24 hours, 26 hours with the problem with Tyson Fury's eye and he got them all back on course. My understanding, Eddie, I don't know if you know this, is that that fight between Nagano and Joshua, Joshua and Nagano, was signed, or at least ready and agreed by four in the morning after Day of Reckoning. Do you know that? Mm, yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't
2: know. I knew it was the day after, but I didn't yeah. know it was
3: that quick. Yeah, I th- it, was, it was like meeting now, let's get this done. I think I agree with you, and, and, and I'm going to look at, I'm going to examine body language here on Saturday night. I was always picking John Jones to best Francis Ngannou. But the way that Francis has grown in stature and confidence, and I just feel I've never picked against John Jones, but, but I think he could have real problems against Francis oh, I See,
2: that, see that, that's, that's slightly different. I thought you were going to go all in there. You, you kind of you stalled the car there.
3: I know, I can't. I can't I'm never going to say that John Jones is going to get really bested because he's too skillful and too clever and too in the moment. Um, But that fight is closer than I ever thought it was going to be because France has come on so much as a person. And like you say, and I'll go back to what you said just now, I would love to do that 90-minute deep one with him where I don't go with any notes. I know his story anyway. And all you do is take it narrow and deep over every little... every. Every channel he digs out of the sand mine as we 're talking you 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 explore because he doesn 't find it easy to talk about it. Nope, do you know nope, that nope. He's nope, and, he 's traumatized and and it. and and it would enrich him to talk about that trauma as well, not in a fight week, not in a um He's a very special human being. I, I know loved seeing saying. him on, on Saturday night. And I loved seeing Mike Tyson there. And I loved seeing John Jones there. PFL, well done, by the way. Um, I'm doing a bit of work with them later this year as well. Um, you know, with their European events. Great to be on board with them again. Mm. Um, and I think they did a great job out there, but I th- they they were having problems with the Bellator guys at one point, weren't they? Till they got to the uh, heavyweights, of course. Sir. And they're going to,
2: aren't they? Uh, the Bellator yeah. guys are incredible. Like a lot of people say, is UFC Bellator, but obviously PFL are jumping up right now. So, what's
3: your people. what's your take on what Francis will do? I'm basing that on my chat with Dewey and what well, I think. With regards about- to AJ,
2: yeah, I, 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 I've said, and I, I said, I think I remember someone asked me my prediction percentage-wise, and I said, look, prior. To the Fury fight, I gave Francis Ngannou 5% chance against Tyson Fury just because he's a big guy. That is literally it. After watching him against Fury, I still obviously will have to favor AJ because he is the boxer, if you like, right? unified heavyweight champion of the world. I give him a 25% chance against AJ, which is, quite, which, is, which is quite high considering this will only be his second ever professional boxing match. And AJ, as we've seen, has got a lot better under Ben Davison. Um, I am from wanting to see an AJ Fury fight. I am a bit nervous for AJ going into this one just because I do think mindset in boxing is key in these fights. And I mean, what nganu has got between the ears is just unbreakable. You're never, ever going to tell a man who's been through what he's been through that you can't win. And I think he walks into the ring. He walks around. And it's funny, I said this on my channel. I said, he walks around, like he knows that he can absolutely kill every human being on planet Earth. Like, he knows that I am the toughest man in the room. And that's saying something, knowing that you literally, there is not a man on planet Earth that he is scared of. And that there is quite frightening. So look, you never know, but I, I will I will say that AJ should get this done. I, I think he- He should. Be, but, he yeah. should. Yeah. Should, right? Should. Uh, very quickly, before we move on from that event, Clarissa Shields um, obviously had- was it a third fight? It is a third fight, isn't it, in, in MMA? Uh, did she win, did you think?
3: Yeah, she won, but she, she was won. pushed. But she's always going to be pushed. Mm. She's got great tenacity on the feet. She's not there with the ground game yet. But she was good on the night. She's She's an incredible character to put herself through it, Frank. Doesn't need to. Yeah. But I like it. She's got... She wants to challenge herself and we've got to admire these people in our sport that want to challenge themselves over and over again. And we'll get into that with Canelo, I'm sure, at some point today. Yeah. Why? Final one. Why is she doing it? I mean, like you've
2: got her and Savannah Marshall that have both entered this, right? And look, credit to both, as you say, when really and truly we wouldn't mind seeing them to just get it on again in the boxing world. Why are they doing this? aside from the obvious, which is, you know, you get paid well. But why, apart from that, what's what's the reason?
3: Well, I mean, the, the, the fact she's a bounty hunter in fight sports is one thing. And, you know, she's a prize <laughs> fighter yeah. and she's after the money. And also she's got an incredibly strong deal with the PFL that she'd never have got with um, the UFC because mm. um, she's got that 50% share if she, you know, promotes her events with them and goes big. Um, you know, and the fact she you know, chose Holly Holm and John Jones and um, Winkle John Jackson to go and train at. She she is a human being. I mean, I first met her when she was 16 and won the Olympic gold in London, you know. Mm. And she was a sulky, sour, difficult 16-year-old to interview at the time. And she has emerged into quite an extraordinarily beautiful beautiful person and very very tough and on that track where she is going to change the world and she is doing it and that's why she's doing mma she doesn't have to do it at all she just wants to prove that historically She's going to be one of the greatest female athletes ever to take part in sports. Yeah, she's, she's
2: probably already that and on her way to become one of the greatest, if not the greatest. All right, you're listening to Find it Extra on Talk Sport 2. Still to come, we are going to discuss what the future holds for Canelo Alvarez. His fight with Jamal Charlo is off, and it's like he's leaving uh, PBC uh, as well. And we'll talk this weekend's action in Puerto Rico. Both Jake Paul and Amanda Serrano. Uh, will fight. But up next, uh, more heavyweight chat. We are going to hear from Anthony Joshua's coach, Ben Davison, and what he's had to say about Francis Ngannou. Uh, Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth was lucky enough to catch up with Ben Davison, uh, Anthony Joshua's trainer, new trainer. Um, obviously, Anthony Joshua uh, was with Derek James uh, prior to this fight. Uh, his last fight with Otto Von, and he's now with Ben Davison and Lee Wiley in the team. And this is what Ben Davison had to say in the build-up to Anthony
1: Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. Well, we're not going to give away how we're going to go about the fight. Right. But, um, this is the thing. He's very versatile. Very versatile. Um... And that's something that we're that, that we're working on having that thirty minutes of data on really Francis yeah. is it talk talk to me about that yeah it's it's an advantage because we've we've got a chance that to have a look um not to say that we know that he's going to go about the fight the exact same way, but I, th- I do think if he's more aggressive, Anthony Josh is a fantastic puncher. I, I think if he's more aggressive there's a chance he gets clipped um my instinct is he'll box in exactly
3: the same way mm. as he did against Tyson, well, or try to.
1: Yeah, that, that,
3: Set himself, be, yeah, be patient, exactly. try and punch the with him. The patience yeah. is what made him difficult for Switch Tyson. Switch
1: a little bit. The patience is what made it difficult for Tyson because we didn't expect a non-boxer to show that level of composure and patience. Mm. Um, so those are the things that we've got to be prepared for.
3: Talk to me about Nagano and what you've seen in him then.
1: I think his story tells you a lot about his character, his mentality, his determination. He's obviously an absolute physical specimen. Um, and I think he's riding high and I, I don't think he got carried away with the Tyson Fury performance. I think he still worked worked hard. Um, you know, it's obviously his biggest payday, but he's not got carried away. You know, I, mean, I, know, I know that he's preparing diligently and, um, you know, he's got a career in boxing. Got a career in boxing, but it's our job to make sure that he's going to have to start a bit further down the pecking order. Uh,
2: ben Davison uh, there with yourself, Gareth. Gareth, where can we hear the full interview? Have you, is, is it going to be on your YouTube channel or?
3: Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it will be. But at the moment, I'm saving it for pieces for the for the weekend. Really, to be fair, because um, Ben gave me a very in depth interview about his relationship with Anthony Joshua, but also, um, yeah, it'll be on my own YouTube channel. But it'll be. In the Telegraph, I, I mean, the snippet's going to be on TalkSport as well. Mm. Um, but it was, it, I thought it was fascinating that he's really, really worked very closely with Joshua and got to understand him very quickly. Yeah. And I'm not being unkind to Derek James here, but I don't know if we got to hear that from Derek James about his relationship with Anthony Joshua.
2: No, I, I I agree. I agree, by the way. And that's why, uh, amongst other things, that Anthony Joshua is now with Ben Davison. And again, no disrespect to Derek James whatsoever. He's trained some fantastic fighters, but sometimes you need that fit. Sometimes you need to get in sync with a trainer. And AJ's obviously got in sync with Ben very, very quickly. Um, a lot of respect. I think it's fair to say he's thrown Francis Ngannou's way. Obviously, didn't really want to reveal the sparring partners. Obviously, we know David Adelaide is there. Thomas Carte's is there as well. But that's kind of it. I didn't want to tell you anymore and I don't mind it keep those secrets right you don't want to give everything away and even the tactics what I did like what he did say about AJ though was that AJ is a guy that can now adjust now right so whatever Francis is doing I think they've kind of got a plan for whatever Francis comes if it's going to be the Francis that fought on the back foot a bit and Francis that was very patient against Tyson Fury or Francis that's going to be aggressive
3: yeah I think two things stood out when Ben was talking about Joshua was coachability and versatility Mm. I said, what do you mean by coachability? He said, the debate back and forth and the agreement on things. You don't always have to agree with a boxer um, when you get together about um, exactly what they should be doing. But as you work through, you need a game plan together and you need a strategy together and you need it to work together. And he said, AJ is totally that, so coachable, Mm. Um, which is really pleasing to hear. Um, And I've always thought that about him. He's, he's also said about him that he's completely and utterly dedicated. There early, never late, Last in the gym, works really hard, totally into it, loves it. Everybody loves being around him as well there. And talk to any of them, Lee Wood, Carty, Congo, the twins. Um, my brain the, my brain
2: is fried as the well. The McCormack
3: twins. Okay, yeah, McCormack yeah, twins. Ah, yeah. They'll get me for that. They'll get me for that. Um, who are both very talented as well they just love having aj around and i think he really enjoys being with the boys they don't get he doesn't get any special treatment there they're tucked away in a little industrial estate in harlow which is you know which is there's no glamour there little kind of uh, cafe next door fantastic
2: i wonder if it reminds aj of sort of team gb times obviously that time with rob mccracken when a lot of the team gb boys uh, were there and I
3: just kind of well, wondered, some of them were, yeah. Some of those were exactly the, the McCormacks were there with him in that time, so it, yeah. um, no, I think it does, I think it does, Addy. But I also, I mean, they had remember nutritionists, sports scientists, analysts, lighting, dimmed lighting, um, sweat monitors, um, you know, um, echo chambers, um, altitude rings there. I mean, altitude sparring is that it is the the most technical place in the world. I think it's more, he's in a great atmosphere and the boys are all there and he has Thursdays off, I think, but he's there the rest of the time. And I've I've got so much time for Ben Davison, you know, saying to him, because I know that he he likes to get his fighters to study Sun Tzu, the art of war, and to, to look at, um, phrases that help analyze where we're going in life. And AJ really likes that kind of thing. He, he likes a, uh, a a watchword or a catchphrase and something to focus in on. I just think, I think if these guys continue to be successful, I don't see him changing from Ben Davison. The big problem for Ben, and he still won't answer it, is if Fury and AJ end up fighting each other, is he going to be able to be in the corner for AJ Why against his old mate Fury? Well, that's what I say. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and I, that's what I say to him. It's a bloody sport, you know? It's not it's not life and death. It's a bloody sport. It's a competition. Yeah. Why no. couldn't you be in the corner again? It's an amazing storyline, though. Yeah, and an potentially, I mean, line. you'll be in the yeah. corner
2: for an undisputed heavyweight title fight. Potentially. I mean, it yeah. would be very, very difficult to say, say no to that, regardless of, of again, the friendship between him and Fury. When you look at Ben, and um, I want to talk about sort of the, the respect Devin Haney sort of showed him on MMA Owl with Ariel But When you look at Ben, is he sort of the new breed of, of boxing trainer? Uh, one that is very analytical, one that kind of breaks film down or or, or, or have we seen this before, but this is now sort of 2.0, if you like?
3: Um, well, look, he loves boxing mm-hmm. and he boxed himself and that doesn't mean anything, by the way. And Ben says that to, to me himself often, um, you don't need to be in a boxer to be a great trainer. He's an admirer of the in the past of people like Eddie Futch, who's one of the great oh, wow. great trainers, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Eddie Reynoso as well, mm-hmm. who, who I think is one of the great, great, great trainers in the world right now. Look what he's done with Canelo. Um, I was saying this on an interview earlier this morning as well that I was doing people don't give canelo the respect he deserves or Eddie renoso the respect you, you don't he think deserves. so you
2: don't think people give canelo the respect no, no we'll i get think get people overlook how great canelo. he
3: is yeah. i think they yeah i think they overlook how great he is um because people take when people are successful in the public eye for a long time they get taken for granted and it really happens in boxing um ben ben is a really clever student of the game he also he's got a great guy in analyst lee wiley Fantastic. who he works very closely Fantastic. with um he loves it um he really cares about his fighters he has an honesty about him um and he's always learning and he believes in himself and you know ben and i've had a good relationship for a long time now i mean you know, I, I first met him when Tyson Fury was 28 stone out in Marbella. Um, and I went for a run with him, Billy Joe Saunders, and Tyson Fury's six-mile run on the beach. I was probably about 17 stone at the time. Um, but but Tyson was 27, 28 stone at the time. I met Ben, spent a few days around him. And I just thought, wow, this guy, very wise old head on young shoulders. You know? mm. and, I, and I still see him like that. And I think he does a fantastic job. And like you say, Devon Haney, he's worked with two undisputed champions, two unified heavyweight champions. Um, you know, like you say, people like Devin Haney rely, like, he just happened to start talking to Devin Haney in Vegas. Mm. And and they were fascinated. And Bill Haney wanted him to come and work with him. It's great. It's absolutely yeah, terrific. I
2: think it was really good for Devin just to, because a lot of people maybe think that that relationship is done, doesn't exist because we don't see Ben in the corner. Obviously Ben at the moment, and Devon mentioned it, obviously having issues getting into the states, but he always says that he sends he sends Ben all he's sparring, sends Ben everything he does and they break it down and then kind of send advice back. So he's definitely a part of the Devin Haney team. And I think he needs to get his plaudits for that. So it was really good for Devin uh, to mention that. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport Two. Next up we're gonna talk Canelo Alvarez, the Mexican superstar, is at somewhat of a crossroads Head of his usual fight day on Cinco de Mayo. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on Talksport. To it, myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth a. Davis. It has been a very interesting last couple of weeks with uh, Mexican great Uh, pound-for-pound superstar, the undisputed super middleweight champion, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, We all await what's going to happen with Canelo every September and May, because one thing about Canelo is he guarantees you two fights, unlike many, many superstars in the sport right now. I I guess the question is, Gareth, it isn't just a case of who is he going to fight, and we'll talk about the options. It's a case of what broadcaster is going to broadcast the fight and what promoter is going to promote the fight now. What's the latest with Canelo? What can you tell us?
3: Well, it's a very complicated moment, (laughs) actually, Um, because I understand that he had one more fight left on his deal with the PBC. So how that operates, I don't know. Does it mean it also, if it goes out on DAZN, does it also go out on Amazon Prime as well, Mm. with whom Al Hayman and the PBC now have a deal? Obviously, we're going to see that event with um, Tim Sue, and Keith Thurman and all those guys. Uh, coming up soon, uh, March 30th. Yes, um, the, the launch. One of the biggest subscription platforms in the world, by the way. Now, 30 million Mexicans stop and put whatever they're doing down whenever he fights. So we know he's the world's most watched boxer. He's got massive canonical control of his own career, and we've seen that for a long time now. And and I was looking back, Addy. I think. Um, I think. Eddie did from was it the Daniel Jacobs fight onwards with him yes. was it six fights?
2: I think Eddie's done six or seven, yeah, but six or seven, yeah
3: I mean, their relationship was always fantastic. Mm. Eddie played the game very carefully with them. I thought he did a great job with him. I think it were four fights in eleven months at one point in that run as well. Mm. um It was clearly a very successful one. But Canelo, in this stage of his career, uh, whatever it is, 60 fights, 65 coming up, he's still only 33. Um, I think there's going to be some complex commercial and uh, business contractual law stuff to go on with Al Heyman, PBC and him. Um It wouldn't surprise me to see it go to the zone. Obviously, it's going to go to the Mexican channels, the ones that he wants to go to, the one that he's on. Um, The biggest issue for me is is he really going to fight Belanga now that Belanga won last weekend? Because he seems to be in the frame. Edgar Belanga seems to be in the frame now. And it's not a fight that you and I want. You know, if it's going on to the zone, I don't want to get into trouble, but but Belanga is Eddie Hearn's guy and it may be an easy route right now or it might be a Munguia fight right now, a Jaime Munguia fight. I don't think it's a Jamal Charlo fight because it's not PBC now. But let's be honest. We want, in this order, David Benavides. I do, Terence Crawford mm-hmm. and Jaime Munguia. Those are the 3
2: Yeah, aren't no, they? Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And um, I... I, I completely agree with you with regards to Edgar Belanga, obviously coming off a win against uh, Paddy McCrory on the weekend. You don't go beat him McCrory and then jump into the the Canelo hot seat. I'm sorry. There's a couple more things you need to do first. You don't, it doesn't work like that. I know Eddie will put his promoter hat on and say, oh, he's the, he's the next best super middleweight. I, I get it. Eddie's got to play the game. But for me, having watched the sport as long as I have and you haven't watched your sport, you know that Belanga right now isn't or shouldn't be in the Canelo sweepstakes it doesn't look like it's going to be David Benavides, and it doesn't look like it's going to be Terence Crawford. So it does seem to be. And if we are talking about Canelo potentially going back to the zone, the obvious one is, as you mentioned, Mingia. Um, I'm in Mingia, obviously a golden boy fighter coming off that win against John Ryder.
3: 44 and 0 or whatever he is. Yeah, 40, well. yeah, yeah. And, and and a very strong fighter. He's capable very. of beating Canelo, by the way. This is he's it, capable right? of it, beating Canelo. He's
2: he's hungry, he's young, yeah. he's fresh, yeah. he's strong, he's yeah. big at the weight as well. He's a
3: knockout artist as well.
2: And I think it could sell. I, I think yeah. and, and that's I guess the thing with Canelo. Like we hear about this 35 million guarantee. I mean, if you are going to guarantee him that money, you've got to hope that it does over 600,000 pay-per-view buys for everyone to, to kind of eat, if you like. And I don't know if Belanga does that. Benavidez certainly does, and Crawford certainly does. But from a golden boy, to own standpoint, I'm guessing Munguia is really the only name you can chuck at him.
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you, you're on the money. Um, I hope it's Munguia. Mm. Um, because i I I won't be I won't be satisfied with Edgar Balanga because I think he beats him handily. Yeah. Um I don't want to do any disservice to Edgar Balanga in no, that sense. He had a no. great victory last weekend. He, he did, um, but you've got to do a bit more work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 not the fight we want mm. Um from the the, the the kingpin of boxing from Guadalajara, Jalisco, México, outside the heavyweights, of course. Um but I just wonder, you know. Just give me your opinion on this because I've been rolling. It's been there rolling around in my mind. Go on, go on. Um, so, does he just want another rollover win? Because if Bivol beats Betabiev, is Canelo with Eddie now? Does Zona there ensconced with the Saudi Arabian movement with Queensbury and all of that as well, and the the tripi- tripartite broadcasting, the triple casts as we're now getting everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is he eyeing a fight later on at the beginning of the Riyadh season? Imagine Canelo versus Betabiev, Canelo versus Bivol um, to open the Riyadh season for yeah, something and different and in 2024.
2: And you'd be looking at undisputed at super middleweight versus undisputed at light heavy.
3: Do I we mean, not love that?
2: Oh, take my money now. Yeah. Take... Everything, I, And I, we can I, fly I in 30,000
3: Mexicans. I'd be scared
2: you know? for Canelo against Paterbiev. I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't. I would. That I force. Would. I, I wouldn't. Before more of a boxing match, I, I'd, I'd be frightened. Okay, let, let's let's put let's play a game then. In order of fantasy fights you'd love for does Canelo. Canelo.
3: Does Canelo stop Anthony Yard? Stop him. Beat him, yes. Does he stop him late? <laughs> <sighs> yes, I think he probably does. So so that he goes in an amazing fight with Better Betabev.
2: Okay, oh, not... okay. Oh, I've just realized what you've done there. Okay, I've just realized what you've done. I was like, where, where are we going? In you've gone there. Look at you. Look at you. All right, then. If you could watch one, if you could watch one, just the one. Crawford jumping up, which is a lot of weight, but Crawford jumping no, up. No,
3: Canelo, Better
2: Bev or
3: Benavidez? Oh, I think Canelo and Betabiev is as good as Canelo and Benavidez.
2: So, the, wait, wait, one second. You're ruling out my guy Bivol here. Is Bivol... No, active? I'm not ruling
3: him out. No, oh. I'm not ruling him out. I mean, what I'm saying is... What what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that, that the, 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 my train of thought here, my my rolling, you know, out of gear... yeah. Um, pulling it back into gear, just slowing down as a play the Playing
2: promoter, if you had that magic. Right. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Play, oh, always, magic. Playing, always playing promoter, always. Isn't Canelo if we too think, small Because it is the key. Here's why I'm always playing promoter. Because if we're thinking it, believe yeah. me, they're thinking it. Isn't believe Canelo, me. isn't he
2: too small? Isn't he, he? Like, Canelo really, I mean, you've been around him. Canelo should be
3: 160.
2: Whereas yeah, yeah Atubia, absolutely.
3: looks like he could be a cruiserweight. But that's why he's a great... No, no, but betterterbeev doesn't he, when I'm around betterbeev he's, he's I feel like he's the same size as me
2: yeah but i mean you, yeah. you've you've heard his Excellency saying he wants to see Beterbieev or the winner fight Pataya. yeah, but that could happen as well there's that so many happen. fights to be made but
3: but 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 I just think there's there's a, there's a there's a there's a highway and there's an exit that takes Canelo into the winner of bivol and Beterbeev, whoever it is. Okay, so who does Canelo? Uh, so you uh, still get the undisputed, as you just said, super middleweight champion. So he fights Ed- Edgar Belanga for now. Oh, or he beats no, Munguia.
2: No, Mung- I, I've, It's got to be Munguia, surely. Even though Oscar De La Hoya was on Ariel Hawani's show and he's like, he didn't seem too interested. But then that's promoters maybe making us look one yeah, way, then yeah, announcing yeah, something. Yeah.
3: Uh, the we, other way. Oh, I enjoyed that. We need pictures. to get texting Eddie, that's all. We'll get some we'll get some
2: facts and figures for you guys. We're going to uh, see um, him
3: out. We're going to see him out in Riyadh from Sunday to so to, can, to Saturday anyway, so uh, for you guys. Yeah. It's a Friday night event, remember, everybody. Yes, it is a, it's a Friday, Friday night, night event night. for uh, Joshua yeah. Nagani. Yeah.
2: All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport. 2. next up we're going to discuss uh, this weekend's fights. We're also going to hear from Chantel Cameron as well. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, uh, a Oladipo, nearly forgot my name, and the great <laughs> Gareth <J>. Davis. <laughs>
3: That's when you know you're having a good time. That's when you're having fun. That's when you're having fun.
2: <laughs> uh, Gareth, this um, Jake Paul versus Ryan Borland fight, like, I'm a big fan of what Jake Paul's doing. I, I love it. I just wonder if it's working. And, and what I mean by that is like, Jake Paul has a a certain fan base. Although that fan base has grown wider, he has a certain fan base of influencers and YouTubers that have followed him, right? I used to, you know, work on the Misfits. I I can kind of see the fans that like what Jake Paul is doing. I don't know if those fans, and look, Jake Paul's a big asset, but I don't know if those fans are going to run around Jake Paul when he's fighting guys they don't know, like Ryan Borland. I don't know. And again, I get what he's doing. He wants to be a real boxer, legit boxer, and eventually climb the ladder to where he wants to do is fight a world title. I just wonder if he might start losing the fan base he's built up as he takes on these guys that no one knows.
3: Yeah, I mean, the problem with this latest guy, you know, who, yeah, he's tall, um, he was a cruiserweight, Mm. or he is a cruiserweight, Ryan Ballin. But you look look at his um, um, opponents in his last kind of, five, six fights. Yeah. The, 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 the only decent opponent, Jose Hernandez, he lost to. Mm. And then you've got, um, oh, he did avenge the defeat, but Santario Martin, four and six. Codale Ford, or Codel Ford, five and seven. Alfredo Contreras, 13, 20 and two. Um, Alfredo Contreras, again, 13, 19 and two. He Hasn't really been operating on any level. And Jake Paul will just knock him out. And he'll just, you know, get a spectacular um, viral video for his fans. Um, he's just treading water. He's had a very quiet time, really, in lots of ways since the, the win over um, Who was it? over Tommy Fury. And yeah. I think...
2: it thought Nate Diaz, uh, after which, was it got the public interested a little bit. Yeah, no, but Nate didn't...
3: Diaz is a washed-up MMA... Not a washed-up. He's a very, very aged MMA fighter. And look, I hate to say it out loud again, but... Look what he did against Anderson Silva, one of the greatest strikers of all time in mixed martial arts. Jake Paul, can I say this out loud? He put him down, yeah? Certainly say
2: that. We've said worse things on this show.
3: Down, yeah, he put him down. It doesn't sound right, Jake Paul put Anderson Silva down. And I'm not saying I don't admire Jake Paul, because I do in many ways for what he's trying to do. But like you say, he's just playing to his audience at the moment. And
2: What's the there'll, I- be, an IBO, the
3: there'll be an IBO I- cruiserweight title at some point you think, or something. You think
2: you'll get to that?
3: Oh, I think he's got that kind of destiny in him. He's got that kind of destiny in him in the same way, you'll balk at me here now, that France and Garno may have the destiny in him to be a heavyweight um, boxing world champion. Because when people are so determined and so driven, Jake Paul's in love with the boxing life. Yeah. He's dedicated to it, not like Logan Paul. Um, And it wouldn't surprise me to see Jake Paul going to MMA properly at some point as well. I I just Um, think,
2: and we're all in search of big fights, right? And and Jake Paul certainly is that. I just think we're missing the boat here on what would have been a stadium fight between him and KSI. And I think he's now further afield of that because as you say, he's now fully committed into the sport. But I'm like, why did they just not make that fight? Like that fight well, he should. does he it. I think he will.
3: No, that's a very good call. I think he mm. will make that fight eventually because boxing's turned a corner recently. Mm. It's the best half year. I don't know if I've said it to you on you any did. of the we previous it, last last two shows. Week. You said it last week. Yeah. I, I, did, I, did I rattle on about 1910 and 1921 and 1970? No, you
2: certainly didn't do that. <laughs> no, I'll, no. I'll but stop.
3: 1910, the first African-American heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson. Mm. 1921, the first million dollar gate, George Carpentier and Jack Dempsey. Um, the 70s, 70, 71, 74, 75 with Arlie, Frazier and Foreman. Um, the eight, 1980, the Four Kings emerging, Hagler, Hearns, Duran and Leonard. Um, this is one of those years where boxing's upsurge is so extraordinary, It's dominating the MMA world at the moment. In my view, boxing is so much bigger because all these fights are being made. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter that it's dominating the MMA world, but I'm just saying, because we've talked about MMA as well today, look what's happened with GARNU. Look look what's happened over in Saudi with John Jones there at the weekend he's a he's a UFC standout Conor McGregor's there all the time mm. they're around these boxing events and MMA events there um I just think there was a moment where the misfits and the youtuber fighting was gaining traction with a young crowd and it still is but with boxing slightly in the doldrums, with not a great wind in its sail. But that's changed in the last five to six months. And we do go peaks and troughs in boxing, huge ones and small ones as well. So your point about him missing the boat is very valid to me. And I think you're right. I think there's going to come a realisation, and KSI's got better as well, It's going to come a realisation that these two guys really should meet in a ring. In a giant stadium, sell out Wembley.
2: Yeah, oh, I- immediately, immediately. Um, Would we go?
3: Would we go? I-
2: I'd certainly go. I- I'm, I'm there. I'm I,
3: I'm I-, I'm a- I want to be involved I- I- I in I the commentary. I want to work on it.
2: Yeah, I want to work on it. I don't just want to go yes, as a fan. Exactly. That- there you go, my brother. I- there, I- you I wanna, go. Wanna, there you quit go. I want to earn a couple of quid on that event. Uh, look, before we hear from Chantel Cameron, obviously, quick word on Amanda Serrano. Uh, back in Puerto Rico, she takes on Nina uh, Minka uh, this weekend. Um, Serrano, hopefully, after this one, and this is not. No disrespect to Nina Minka at all. It could be a good fight, but I'm I'm wanting her to be in another super fight next, hopefully, whether that be Alicia Baumgardner, whether it be Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron, maybe even the winner of Sandy Ryan, Terry Harper. I know she's a bit undersized, but I want another super fight for her next.
3: Yeah. I I think she's got to fight Taylor, Mm. get through this, wait for Taylor, do it late in the uh, summer. Um, These, these ladies seem to recover really quickly. Nina Meinke, don't write her off, nope, by the way. no,
2: nope, not doing it. Not doing um, it. She's not
3: doing it. a very formidable uh, fighter. Yeah. She's on a good run at the moment. Um, I'll tell
2: you this, though, now. She ain't beaten Serrano in Puerto Rico.
3: Well, you, you'll have your special trainers on on the night as well that she bought for you. And I will definitely <laughs> be watching her because I am a huge fan of Amanda Serrano. As you know, I think she may be in pure terms, the best female boxer on the planet. You, you have said that. And um,
2: I obviously, I, I've said one A, one B between her and Clarissa. And one C could be uh, Katie Taylor, who looks like Wolf, she'll get on, she, she will, sorry, fight Chantel Cameron again in May. You and Adam Cattrall, was in Adam with you in the studio? Yes, indeed. It was Adam, who you both caught up with Chantel Cameron uh, on the weekend. This is what she had to say.
1: No, nothing as of yet. I, I, I also got told about May 25th, um, Katie booked into Box of the Free Arena but it's not confirmed that it's me yet. I really want it to be me and I think Katie would want to be fighting me as well to get the trilogy on but it <laughs> isn't confirmed.
2: Uh, Chantel Cameron, we spoke about a uh, last weekend, Gareth, when we heard about the split between her, Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis. We were both like um and in as to who she could be with next. She is with Dalton Smith's uh, dad, Grant Smith. Um, she's moved to that camp which is a bit of a surprise uh, for some. Uh, again, no disrespect to Grant Smith but Um, I didn't see this one coming. I I didn't see the fit, but sometimes you go over, you know, you go to someone, you hit the pads a bit, you get a connection. You say, okay, this is the person for me.
3: Yeah, well, that's what she said. Obviously it broke just after our show last week because we discussed it, but we weren't able to uh, elucidate on who the new trainer was at the time. Um, I think Grant is a very, very fine trainer. I think that the Edwards brothers, Sonny and Charlie, talk about that Dalton uh, Smith, his his son has come through very, very well. Junaid Boston is there in the team. Yeah. It's a really good camp um, and they, they always talk great things and as she said as uh, Chantel said, you know uh, the fit felt good, she really liked it there. It's slightly less of a travel from Northampton to Sheffield and she felt like the time was right. that She's still close to uh, Jamie Moore, Nigel Travers, um, but that that marriage has come to an end it happens. And, and it was it was it was, a, it, was a, it wasn't a divorce it was just a, an ending of the relationship
2: it, it certainly happens um final one uh, when do you fly out to saudi uh
3: in about 24 hours really you are going early yeah. you going pretty early i'm going early i'm going to i'm going to do an event for dazone in du- in dubai first of all in abu dhabi yeah so i'm going to dubai tomorrow yeah. and then i'm doing an event at the weekend rising arabian stars for I think it's on to zone at the weekend. Great stuff! um,
2: I fly out on um, Saturday evening, so I'll I'll see you there. I'll see you Sunday morning in Riyadh. Let's go get uh, breakfast. Let's get a meal, and let's talk about how we're going to do this show from Saudi somehow uh, next week Tuesday somehow. I don't know, but we'll we'll do something. We'll get it done.
3: Sounds good to me. Top man. Cheers, Gareth. Cheers.